Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. In the next to the last chapter of the Bible, John, the Apostle of Christ, sees this beautiful vision. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. The holy city coming down from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. No young woman prepares for any event in her life like she prepares herself for her wedding. Needless to say, her preparations for that event are quite different from the way she would prepare to go to a picnic or a ball game. This is the big day. She must be beautiful. Everything must be perfect. God is preparing a bride for his son. She, too, must be beautiful. Just as a bride spends a lot of time on that special day getting ready her hair, her dress, her makeup, so God is taking much time to prepare the bride of Christ for that great day that's coming. I once heard a friend whose daughter was getting married say, I've maxed out all of my credit cards. No expense was too great. Well, God doesn't need credit cards to prepare the bride, but that doesn't mean there isn't a great price. Of course, the ultimate price that was paid was paid by the bridegroom when he went to the cross to die for us, to purify us from sin, to remove all that is not beautiful in his sight. Paul says in Ephesians 5 that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. No love that any young man could ever have for his intended could equal that love of Christ for the church, the love that sent him to the cross of Calvary. But while Jesus paid a price that we could not pay, there is yet a cost for us. He himself warned us, for which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? This is from a sober passage on the cost of discipleship, Luke 14 25 to 33. These verses pierced my heart when I was but a teenager. They have challenged me all my life. There are several figures for the church in the New Testament. We have referred to the church or to the figure of the bride, the church as the bride of Christ. When the wedding day comes, that bride will be beautiful to behold. Another figure for the church in the Bible is the church as God's building. 
The foundation of this building, of course, is Christ himself. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid the foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. God has appointed workers in the preparation of this building, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But the building is one, and its character was envisioned by God before even the worlds were created. One of the first considerations when planning a structure is the materials out of which it will be made. God's building is made of the best materials. Again, describing the heavenly city, John writes, the wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. He then names the jewels, all of them precious. Some of these we're not sure of, but whether we can identify every stone mentioned, the fact remains that a city of immense beauty is being described. I just quoted from 1 Corinthians about the building being raised on the foundation of Jesus Christ. That passage continues. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw... Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Fire. It will burn up anything that is not meant to be a part of God's building. I can't remember any mention of wood, hay, or straw in John's description of the New Jerusalem of the book of Revelation. Only gold and precious stones. Here's the thing about those beautiful materials. They must be refined. No bride wears a ring set with a raw diamond. Her diamond is always cut. It has gone through the jeweler's process, which involves very hard, very sharp tools. Only in this way can the true beauty of the stone be revealed. And what about the gold in that city? Like precious jewels which come out of the earth in a crude form, gold is always mixed with lesser materials. But the city of God is made of pure gold, we're told. How do you get this pure gold? fire. Gold is purified by very hot fire. It must be put into the furnace to remove the baser elements that are mixed with it in its natural state. My friend, I have an idea that if you're listening to this talk, you are meant by the master builder to be a part of that heavenly building, the holy city, which will be revealed beautiful like a bride on her wedding day. But now, in anticipation of that blessed future event, we are in preparation. And that preparation will necessarily involve the fires of purification, very hot fires. When my wife and I were first married, we were serving 
in a church in southern Connecticut. I was the minister of youth and music under a wonderful young pastor from India. We loved the church. The church was filled with the joy of the Lord. But that dear pastor left to pursue other fields of ministry. A new pastor came, and sadly, the church went through a terrible split. We were caught in the crossfire. My wife was expecting our first child, and we had to leave that position. We had no prospects. This was very This was a very painful time for us. When we first moved there, we never dreamed our tenure would end like that. We were put into the fiery furnace. It was hot. We wanted to get out, but we couldn't. Thank God. He always knows what he's doing. He allows us to be put in the furnace because he has a vision for us. He sees us as he is making us. He sees what we will be. And what will be for every committed follower of Christ is that day which is coming when we'll be a part of that beautiful city of God, the new Jerusalem. It will be a wonderful day when we will understand that the fires were all worth it. Peter writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. My friend, don't give up. If you're in the fire right now, let God do his gracious work. He is preparing you for that glorious day of revelation when Jesus comes back for his bride. Heavenly Father, give your church strength and endurance to be faithful through the fires of testing and tribulation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My dear friends, we have gone through a little bit of testing over the last uh, year and a half, almost two years now, and seeking to plant a new congregation in the Capital District of New York. It is called Bread of Life Anglican Church. We currently meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall, which is at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady, New York. If you're in the area, if you don't have a church home, we'd love to meet you. 10 o'clock Sunday, 1809 Union Street, Schenectady. And as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.